The End Times Part 4, spoken by Pastor IJ. So if you don't know already, we're on the End Times series, and today's message, um, what I want to talk about is that there's two kinds of people in the end. There are those who misunderstand the gospel as good advice, and there are those who understand the gospel as good news. And before I head into our passage, I just want to talk to you, what's the difference between good advice and good news? So good advice, it says on the screen, is who we want to be and what we want to gain. Um, good advice, it's not bad. I think a lot of us desire good advice, and um, a lot of us give good advice, and that's some of the things that Jesus did in the Gospels. Um, and hence the name good advice. It's not a bad thing. But the good advice, it's not what the Gospel is about. Um, because when we see the Gospel as good advice— we just want our lives to get better. We want things to heal. We want our uh, lives to look more successful. We want promotions. We want to get into that school we never could. There are these things that we desire and we need to obtain. To put it in better perspective, I'm going to give us John 3.16. And what happens when, as Christians, you look at the gospel as good advice versus good news? So if you could pull up John 3.16. So for Christians, people who view the gospel as good advice rather than good news, this is what they read. For God so loved the world, da-da-da-da-da, should not perish but have eternal life. All of that is like crossed out. Like anything about God, anything that is about the goodness of our Lord, that's crossed out. But the end, should not perish but have eternal life, that's what people focus on. People who desire and want the gospel as good advice, you don't actually care about who the good God is. It's just about bettering yourself. It's just about not going to hell. And how do I better myself so I can go to heaven? That's not bad. It's just not what the gospel is about. Um, so my friend Ezra, um, he is one of my closest friends till this day, and he was one of my college friends um, and my college roommates. Um, I would like to credit myself. He is the reason um, that they're together, you know. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the wingman, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I did that. But anyways, um, so how it happened is uh, we were walking and going back to my dorm, and I, I was friends with Angel before, like, any of that happened. So I was, like, the middle man, and we are just walking up the hill, and um, she just, like, looked at my face one day. I'm like, uh, you know, can I, can I help you? Because she's just kind of staring at me, and she's like, uh, yuck. And I was like, what the heck? What, what was that about? She's like, what's up with your face, man? Like, it's so dirty. And uh, so I just want to let you all know if, uh, you know, you like my uh, clear skin, it's because of Angel. Um, so ever since that day, you know, she and her friends are the ones who got me into, like, skincare routines, like 10-step, you know, BB cream, all that stuff, all that good, good stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember one day I came out of her dorm with her friends, and we were in a group, and then my friend Ezra just happened to bump into us, and he just pulled me aside. I was like, bro, who is that? And I'm like, who's who? There's like eight of them. You know, like, who are you talking about? He's like, that girl right there. And I'm like, that's Angel. And he's like, oh, my God, Angel. <sighs> you know, he's just like, wow, heart stop it. Um, and ever since that day, he was like, man, what do I have to do, man? What, how, what kind of guys does she like? Like, how should I dress up? How do I get her attention? And essentially, what he was asking for is good advice. That's not bad. But it was of him wanting to better himself so he can gain a certain goal or a certain someone. But the gospel, church, it's not good advice. It's good news. And here is what good news is about. 
good news is who Jesus is. It's what he's done. It's what he will do and what he is doing right now. The good news, it's not about you. It's about God. I know um, we're going to uh, look at John 3.16. So people who understand the gospel as good news rather than good advice, this is how they look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is the difference between good advice and good news. People who look at good advice, they just want to avoid hell and go to heaven. But people who look at the gospel as good news is that they see that this is about a good God who loves us. That this is about a God who died for us and is renewing all of creation. And furthermore, that good God is actually inviting all of us to participate right now. That's why we call it good news Because it's about a good God and it's not about you, but it's about that good God inviting you. That is why we call it good news. So my friend Ezra, after he, uh, you know, ended up getting in a relationship with Angel, what ended up happening is uh, we started hanging out more. Like he just wanted us to get to know her more and like us to hang out in a group. And this photo of us, yes, that's, uh, those are my fruity pants. Um, I really missed them. I don't know. I just like, I was squatting too much one day and it's just like ripped. But um, anyways, um, that, that is us when we were in 2017. We were in Amsterdam, Netherlands. I'll never forget this day because uh, just giving background about Ezra, he like studied at Oxford for a semester and he was a triple major. This guy was a political science, economics, and philosophy major. Like he's very smart. Uh, but he was also in the, um, the, the thought of, oh, you know, like, love's not a thing. Like, we just people, we're just animals. We just mate. We just reproduce because that's what we just do. Um, so he didn't really believe in love. But then the moment he met Angel, he was so changed because that moment he was like, wow, like, this is no longer about him and what he thinks. It's about her and what I'm experiencing. And I want you all to be a part of it. And this picture, I'm showing you this picture because Ezra was no longer trying to prove himself to get the girl. But what he was telling us is, I'm experiencing this wonderful woman named Angel. I want you to be a part of our life together. And it was actually this day he asked us to be his groomsmen. That is what happens when you experience good news, church. It's no longer you trying to get something, you trying to go somewhere. It's like you telling the world, I've experienced something amazing. And I want you to be a part of it. That's good news. It wasn't too good news for me because I didn't get to be the best man, but you know. <laughs> no worries. It's, you know, it's not like I'm the reason I got you guys together. No, no big deal. But anyways, um, in today's passage from Matthew, we're going to unpack what is the gospel to you? Is it good advice or is it good news? So if you can please turn with me to Matthew 25, 1 to 13, and I'm going to actually invite Daniel, one of our youth group kids, to read this uh, passage for us. What's that? Maybe I'll grab that mic. No, no, that one. Yeah, yeah, No, no, the mic, mic, mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm still on. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. 
But the wise replied, no, there are not plenty enough for you and for us. You better go to the dealers and buy some for yourself. And when they went to buy it, the groom went, came, and those who were ready went with him and the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmen came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Oh, you can put it back. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you so much, Daniel. Yeah, let me, let me just pray for us before we go in. Uh, God of grace, mercy, and love, Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your parable. Thank you for your words that you are speaking to us, not only spoke to us back then, but you're speaking to us today. God, through your words, may we understand and know that the gospel, it is good news. It is absolutely good news. It's not about us trying to get somewhere or avoid something, but it's about you, the good and gracious God, what you've done, who you are, what you're doing, what you will do. Thank you, and I pray in your son's name, amen. Amen. Sorry, my, my laptop just broke. All right, okay, no big deal. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, thank you, for Daniel, for reading that passage. Oh, he ran out. All right, but, um, so, I just want to point out to us three things today. Uh, we know that the gospel, we know the gospel has good news when we are, first and foremost, prepared and preparing. So, as Daniel read for us, there's something going on here. And just to give us uh, background info, so there's, as he read, there's a bridegroom and there's ten bridesmaids. There's five foolish and there's five wise. But in this, uh, uh, in this passage that Daniel read for us, there's a bridegroom who's on his way to a celebratory event. There's something huge going on. And I know for in today's society, like um, weddings, it's, it's a one-day thing. It's a one-night thing. But back in those days, weddings, it lasted seven days. It's a really big event. Um, and the role of the bridesmaids is to make sure that the bridegroom meets the bride. So the bridesmaids is the one who meets the, the, the bridegroom and brings the bridegroom towards the bride. This whole story, it's about a celebratory event. It's about a joyous event. And especially for us as Christians, we believe that that bridegroom is Jesus. It's Jesus. And that's why it's a celebratory event. It's a joyous event. And I know we're on the end, end time series, but I think there's like a misconception about the end times. I, I don't know about adults, but I, I definitely know as I talk about with some of the kids, when I ask them, hey, what do you think about the end times? They just think about, you know, or like everything's done, like everything's gone. Like it's a terrible moment, terrible time. But for Christians, the end times is actually a glorious, celebratory, joyous event because once again, it's not about you. It's about God. It's about God renewing all of creation, restoring all of creation, and bringing it back to what it once was and even better than before. That's why it's good news. It's good news because God is renewing everything. It's good news because this right now, it's a joyous and a celebratory period of waiting. And that period of waiting, as we read in this parable, it's not later down the line. It's not when you die, but it's right now. And God is actually inviting you to this period right now. 
So let me just take this apart and, un- and help us understand what happens, what is happening in this pa- uh, passage, and how we know the gospel as good news when we are prepared. So verse 2 to 4, this is what it says. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Right off the bat, you could tell that there are five foolish bridesmaids and there are five who are wise. There are those who just did not pack anything at all and those that are hoarding such a a vast amount of flasks of oil. And I'm going to get to why exactly are they doing this. In verse 8 to 9, we read this. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us, for you had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. You guys have to understand, this preparation is so important. These bridesmaids, like I said before, if they, they're the ones who are supposed to meet the bridegroom and um, lead the way to the bride and keep the party going on all night. So with these bridesmaids, if you don't have enough oil, you're going to ruin the party for the bridegroom. This is not about them. It's about the bridegroom. And that's why it's so important for these bridesmaids to be prepared. But more than their preparation, it's about their posture. Preparation exposes posture. I want to make this very clear. God's not going to come to any of you at that day and be like, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you go to church enough? Did you read enough? Like, it's not like a pop quiz. He's not going to test you on these things. But the reason you you and I, we have to be prepared, the reason we need to be prepared in, in embedding ourselves in the word of God and embedding ourselves in community is because our preparation, ultimately, it exposes our posture towards God. When we don't have preparation, when we lack it, we're telling God, I don't care about you. You're not worth my time. You're not worthy to be praised. That's why preparation is so important. Uh, Continuing on with the story, so um, my friend Angel and Ezra, you know, they end up getting married. um, But during their wedding time, and as we were prepping up for it, um, I became bridezilla, you know. Like, I'm not even the bride, you know. Like, it's not even my wedding, but I became bridezilla. Um, And the reason I became bridezilla is because, like, I, you know, I was so happy for Angel and Ezra. They're one of my closest friends. I'm like, man, I want this to be a great day for them. So I'm like, everything's got to go like boom, 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 like on schedule. And I remember Angel came to me and was like, hey, IJ, could you just make sure the, the, the guys are like on time? Like you guys don't even have to do much. Actually, just, I would just prefer you just try not to help. Just be there, right? Just be on time be a warm body, have suits on. Like, that's all I ask, right? Just get there. So simple, so easy. Um, and I remember the night before, she was like, guys, please just have a chill night. Don't do anything dumb. She leaves, and, you know, I was like, all right, guys, you know, let's, uh, let's watch some Disney movies. <laughs> let's play some board games. Let's just uh, keep it chill, keep it nice. And we are doing that. And I sleep very early. I sleep at like 10.30. So at 10.30, I was like, all right, guys, you know, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll see you all, you know, early in the morning, 6 a.m., ready to go. I go to sleep. The next day I wake up and it's awfully quiet. It's like awfully quiet. I'm like, huh. You know, it's okay. It's 6 a.m. You know, like we got time. Like they probably just need to sleep like an hour more. So I get ready. I take a shower. I like do my 10-step skincare routine. You know, I got like my BB cream on. Like everything's on point. I got my suit on. I come out and it's still awfully quiet. I'm like looking. I'm like, 
what the, we got to go soon. Why is it like, where are the guys? And all of a sudden I see one of my friends run out of his room and he goes to the bathroom. And I just hear him like throwing up. And I was like, OMG. It's like Bridezilla came out. I was like, I went to the room. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? This is the wedding day. Why are you sleeping? Why are you like all messed up? Like his hair is like frizzled. And I'm like, what are you guys doing right now? And I remember one of the guys like, yo, bro, just keep it chill, man. Why you got to be so tight? And I was like, oh my gosh. I was so angered. And I remember Angel came up and Angel was like, guys, like, it's not about IJ being a downer or being a party pooper. It's the fact that when, when you don't prepare, it tells me that you don't care about my wedding. When we do not prepare for this big wedding day, we are telling God, I don't care about your kingdom. So the question for us today, Metro, is are we preparing for God's coming? Are we preparing the way for Jesus' coming? Like these lamps that require flasks of oil, we, are requi- we need flasks of spiritual oil so that we can shine our light in this world. You know, like I, I say it a lot, pastors say it a lot, other Christians say it a lot. You know, I know for kids, some of your parents say it a lot. Read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. But the reason we tell you to read your Bible, it's not because you're going to get that final pop quiz at the end. Like, God's not going to come down on a cloud. It's like, all right, so what was John 3.16? You know, like, that's not what he's doing. The reason we, are, we need to be embedded in the word of God and understand the word of God and be prepared with our spiritual flasks of oil is because we need to shine the light to the world. If we understand the gospel as good news, that it's about who God is, what he's done, what he will do, and what he's doing right now, you can't tell the world about that if you don't have flasks of oil. If you're not prepared, how are you going to tell the world about that? For example, in today's society, I know injustice and justice is like getting a hot topic, but when someone asks you, hey, like, why do you care so much about racism? Why is that wrong? And if your answer is like, well, because my political party says so, or if you say, oh, because that's a hot new TikTok trend, that's not going to fly. Because as Christians, what you should say is because my God's a God of justice and he doesn't like it. He actually hates it when some of his children are mistreated for their skin color. That's what you should say as Christians. But you can't say that if you don't know the word of God. That's why we tell you over and over, know the word of God. Be prepared. Embed yourself in the word of God. Bask in his presence. Church, are you prepared? Second point, we know that the gospel has good news when we are participating. We know the gospel has good news when we are participating. It says in verse 10 to 12, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. See, you have to understand, for the bridegrooms to not be ready with flasks of oil, that's already offensive enough. You were unprepared. That's already disrespectful. But the fact that they now go on their own time so that they can do it when they want to get flasks of oil and they come before the bridegroom and they're banging on the door. It's like, Lord, Lord, open to us. In modern translation, what they're saying is, do you know who I am? I'm the bridesmaids. I was like, I'm the bridegroom, what the heck? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, I chose you. 
But these bridesmaids are demanding the bridegroom open up to us. When we don't understand the gospel as good news and all we see it as good advice, you get so prideful because it's all about you. It's all about how do I present myself before God? How do I, like what else do I have to do to put on my resume? What other promotion could I get? What other school should I get into? How hard do I have to study? Should I have a kid? Should I have three kids? When do I have to get married? When the gospel becomes good advice, it's about bettering yourself. It's about blowing up your own head and it's about showing what you have to, have to offer before God. But when the gospel is good news, you come before God, whether you are prepared or unprepared. You come with your filth and your rags and you participate because it's not about you. It's about a gracious God. You know, I, it does not say it in this passage, but what if, what if these bridesmaids, they just came before the bridegroom and said, hey, we are so unprepared, but we know you chose us and we want to participate in this glorious day. Knowing that that bridegroom is a gracious God, a gracious and merciful God, wouldn't he have said, come and join? Come, I want you there. But rather these foolish bridesmaids, they, they really thought it was about who they are, what they had to offer. So rather than coming to the party on time, they would rather fix up who they are, rather show up what they have to offer instead of participating. Church, are we participating in the good news right now? The good news, as I said before, the gospel is good news because it points to a God who is gracious and merciful and who is inviting you to participate right now. Heaven is not when you die. Heaven is right now. It is right now when you believe. It is right now when you are fighting against injustices. And that's why it is such good news because God's inviting you to participate right now. He's not asking you to make disciples when you get your life together. He's not asking you to fight against injustices when you, when you finally have your head space in the right place. He's not asking you to be a part of church once you are finally clean. He's not asking you to be a part of Metro Community Church once you got your life figured out. He's asking you to do that right now. He is asking you to participate right now. So during Angel's wedding... <laughs> As I was bridezilla, um, everything, I mean, things were not going according to plan. I'm sure many of you who have had your weddings and stuff, ne nothing ever goes according to plan. And it was, it was really not the best. Um, like, I, like, even like these little things, I remember Angel was like, all right, IJ, you know, we're going to take a picture in five minutes. Just stay right here with the boys. I'm like, I got you. I would go to the bathroom, come back. That was like two minutes, you know, one minute to do my business, one minute to wash my hands. Like, not, it's not, it's not that much. I, I remember I come right back, and I'm like, where are the boys at? It's like, they're just not there. And she's like, where are they? We have to take pictures. And I'm texting them, I'm calling them, like, where are they? And I remember I go inside the house, like, where, you know, we were doing our suite, and I just find them sleeping. One of them just has his necktie off. One of them has his shoes off. One of them has to redo his hair. Another one has like half BB cream, half something else. I'm like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And I remember even towards like th throughout the night, like the DJ, like listen, like he wasn't even like a really good DJ, but we were like, hey man, here's the playlist. You just have to hit that button. That's it. You hit shuffle play on Spotify. That's all you got to do. 
That's all, that's it. You have one job. And this guy's like, hey man, there's a reason I'm a DJ. And he just does his own thing. And I'm like, this is not like, what? No, we don't want Katy Perry. We want some Rihanna. You know what I mean? Like everything was just like so messed up. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And that night I was just so angry and upset. I'm like, man, this is not the wedding for my friend. I remember the, when the wedding was over, Angel came up. I was like, hey, Ajay, you doing okay? I'm like, man, I just feel so bad. Like things could have gone better. If we just, if people just like paid attention, if people were just on time, I remember she's like, you know, thanks for getting upset for me. And like, I, I see you, I see you working so hard. And you know, yeah, like I was frustrated too. A lot of them, they just didn't participate correctly. They didn't do things well. They weren't prepared. But you know what, IJ? I'm just glad that they were there. I'm just glad that everybody was there. And I'm just glad that this night happened. And I got to be with my best friend. How much more do you think is that of the Father's heart? God just wants you to participate right now. I know many of us don't have our lives together and we are building our lives, but God wants you to participate in his kingdom right now. Not when you graduate, not when you get your life goals in place, but right now. Um, I just want to bring us back to John 3.16 to really drill this point of participating right now. So in John 3.16, as I said, it says here, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I know for many of us, when we look at that word believes, we're like, you know, it's a one and done moment. Like, I remember when I, like, um, confessed my faith, I did confirmation, or I was baptized, or I remember when I went to retreat and I bawled my eyes out. Like, I remember that moment. I'm done. That was that one and done moment. But actually, in the Greek, when you look at the Greek of believes, it's not believes in one moment, but it's actually the word, uh, it, it's the base word pistuo and then the, um, the ending of owen. So pistuoen. It's a present active participle. And I know some of you are like, oh, okay, all right, okay, I changed, whipping out some Greek. But anyways, um, so the reason I'm pointing this out is because it's, it really should not be believes, it should be believing. But I know in our English grammar, it wouldn't make sense if it's for God to love the world, he gave his only son, whoever is believing. That's, that sounds a little awkward. But in the Greek, it's a present active participle. It's a continual act of believing. So you are continually believing in God. You are continually participating in his kingdom. You don't do a one and done moment. You don't tithe once. You don't get baptized once and say it's over. After that moment, you continue to participate and be in the kingdom of God, not later, but now. We know the gospel as good news when we are participating in God's kingdom right now. And lastly, we know the gospel as good news when we are persistent. When we are persistent. Verse 13, it says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. We have no idea when the end will come. Jesus himself says, I do not know, but the Father knows. Jesus is encouraging us, keep awake, abide in my love, remember who you are, keep awake. I know in the verse before, in verse 12, it says, um, you know, the bridegroom replies, truly I tell you, I don't know you. And maybe some of you are like, that's really harsh of God. I thought you were the gracious God. Why are you suddenly telling me you don't know me? But what God is telling here, what Jesus is saying here with verse 13, is saying, keep awake because I want to know you. 
Keep awake because me saying I do not know you, I don't want that to happen to anybody. I want you to participate, to be prepared. I want you to be in my kingdom right now. So keep awake. Jesus wants you in his kingdom. And that is why he's telling you to keep awake. Church, if there are days you're like, man, why do we even do this? Why am I even going to church? Why do I do what I do? Why do I fight against injustices when it seems like nothing's getting better? Why are we even Christian? I want to remind you, keep awake, be persistent because the gospel is not about you and your advice. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's about who he is. It's about what he's done. And it's about what he's doing now. And he's inviting you all to it. So keep Awake, church. Remember who God is. Remember that God chose you to be part of his party. God chose us to be part of his party. God has chosen us to be his bridesmaids. So I know some of you might be like, man, I still can't get over the fact you're bridezilla, man. Like I still can't get over the fact that you were so bridezilla. But the reason I was bridezilla um, is because... It's because of Angel's mom and, and what she means to me. So that's a photo of Angel's mom on the left. That's um, her husband, and that's me. Um, and what people didn't know during that wedding is that that was her, one of her last big life events. So during that time, she had stage 3 cancer, and she was transitioning to stage 4 cancer. It was spreading throughout her body. And that's why I wanted everything to be so special. This is probably going to be her big life event seeing her daughter go down the aisle. And that's why I was, I was, I was just wanting everything to be perfect. And, and just giving context to who Angel's mom is to me. So right after graduating my undergrad, I had to go to seminary to go to grad school. And I remember I wanted to go to the West Coast because I just really like sunshine, all right? Listen, my Jesus is very tan, okay? I love sunshine, all right? I believe in diversity. Diversity is cool, but, like, I don't need diversity in weather, all right? Like... I got, listen, there's virtual reality. I could go see foliage some other time. I just want my sunshine. That's, I want to go to the West Coast. Um, but for my dad, he, um, I, some of you know, he's a, a Korean pastor, but he's very high up in his own denomination. And in his denomination, they wanted me to go to a specific uh, a seminary. And I know for some of you, it's like, why does it matter? Same. Like, I don't really get it. But for him, it really matters where I go. So I remember we first started off with a disagreement, and then it became an ultimatum where he said, okay, if you want to go to the West Coast and do your own thing, you can go, but don't come home. You either go to the seminary I tell you to go to or don't come home. And I, regardless of where you are politically, socially, theologically, I think everyone in this room can agree nobody likes being forced to do anything. Nobody likes being forced to do anything against your will, especially having that ultimatum. So I was forced to continue to school in, Boston, in the Boston area, and I hated it. I hated the first couple months, and I did absolutely foolish things. I would go into those foolish things, but there's a lot of children here, so I'm not going to go into those foolish things. But I, went, I fell into a lot of foolish things to the point that if I shared with some of the things I committed and the, some of the sins I did, I, I'm sure many of you would hesitate to call me pastor. But during this time where I was just wrestling and, and trying to earn my, my family's love, my dad's love, Angel and her family actually opened up their house to me. And Angel's mom at that time said, hey, you can live with us as long as you want. I don't know and I don't really care what's going on with your family, but you, you, know, you can come home. 
You can call this home. And, and, and that's why she means so much to me. I've never had that. And even birthday parties, all, I, I got to experience two birthdays with her. And every birthday, she's like, oh, we got to do something for IJ. We got to have a feast for him. Every holiday, even if I'm back with my family in, in Jersey, she would, you know, she'd FaceTime me and be like, where are you? Like, we're waiting for you. I'm like, I'm in Jersey. I'm like four hours away. And she's like, okay, well, then, you know, next time if you ever come down, then let us know. Like, we'll always wait for you. And she's always affirming me that I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family. Um, and I remember 2019, just before she passed away, you know, she was having a couple words with some of her kids and, and family members. And I was just giving space for that because, you know, I'm not family. I'm not blood-related. But, you know, she was like, oh, hey, can you someone get IJ? And then I was like, I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, blood-related at all. Like, I don't deserve to be in that space. And she's like, no, I want you. So I remember, you know, I, I was just with her on her uh, bedside, and she was like, oh, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that you were part of Angel's life. I'm so thankful that you got to be part of Ezra's life and get his life together. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you were the son I never had. She only had two daughters. Um, and I'm so proud of you. I don't know where you're going to go. I don't know if you're going to continue being a pastor or not, but I'm so proud of you. Um, and those words stuck with me, but I, I don't know. So much guilt was eating me up because I was like, man, she's only saying that because she saw a part of me. She, if she saw all of me, she wouldn't say that. And fast forward to earlier this year, May 2021, I met up with her uh, husband, Bill. And, you know, we were just reminiscing about it and catching up in life. And he's like, man, Ajay, you're doing great things. And I'm so proud of you. And if Han was alive today, she would be so proud of you. She would scream and tell everybody, that's my son. And that's why I was like, don't say that, Bill. You know, like, I've, I've done a lot of foolish things, and especially living with you, I, I wasn't the best man. And he's like, I, I don't think I could um, accept those words. It would be a dishonor to her. And that's when Bill just kind of chuckled at me. He's like, man, you're, you're such a fool, man. I was like, fool? <laughs> he's like, IJ, Han didn't love you because you're a good man or a bad man. She didn't love you because you're a Christian or you're trying to be a pastor. She loves you because that's who she is. So you need to go and do likewise. How much more is God's heart for you, church? How much more is the Father's heart for you? That the good news is good, not because of anything you have to offer, but the good news is good is because that's who God is. And I want to remind you in wrapping this sermon up is that you are bridesmaids, not because you offer anything to God, but because God chose you. God chose you to be part of his party. God chose us as his bridesmaids. And therefore, since the gospel is not about us and it's about a good God and what he's done for us and who he is, what he's about to do and what he's doing right now, because it's about God, won't you come? Won't you come and be prepared? Won't you come? Won't you come and participate in this good news? Won't you come? Won't you come and persist even when life gets hard, even when you have no idea why you are still a Christian, won't you come back? Because the gospel is good news. So the question I ask you, church, is what is the gospel to you, Metro? Is it good advice or is it good news? Let's pray.